Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning, God. We give you glory, honor, praise. We just worship you in this moment, God, and we are just acknowledging your sovereignty, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for everyone that's watching. I thank you for the ministry, Father God. I thank you that today minds will be renewed, oh God. I thank you that today hearts will be changed, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding comes today. Father, I pray, Lord God, that it would be none of us and all of you ministering today, Lord God. Let there be a witness in the spirit of those listening, Father God. And I thank you, Jesus, that justice is yours. I thank you, Jesus, that um, peace is yours. All of it, all of the things that is yours belong to us. And so even as citizens of heaven, God, we possess those um, that inheritance today, Father God. We possess freedom. We possess joy. We possess peace. We possess um, the dominion you've given us, the authority you've given us on this earth today, Lord God. Open the eyes of your people that they may see that you are good, that you are true, and that your way is the only way, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. We thank you. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you mentioned citizens, you know, that's the one term that we have been talking about. And, you know, this week, uh, should I switch the topic, you know, should I, should I go a different route? And I think I said with you how I think it was, uh, it was on Thursday. And then, you know, it's a bit a piece of where I had people praying. And God said, that's not the way, you know, that's not the way to go. And so, you know, I, I dug my heels and I said, let's dig a little bit more about citizens. But I want to show you what one citizen did in the Bible. I'm going to read very quickly um, Esther chapter 4 from verse 14. You know, one thing I'll tell Christians listening, of course, everybody listening, both Christians listening, you know, you know, it's almost that, that divergent, you know, points for Christians. Now, you know, I'm speaking specifically about strife. And of course, it's a lot going on in Nigeria, but not just Nigeria. Um, Ivory Coast, the Congos, and if you actually open your eyes, you see it's happening everywhere at the same time, man. What is happening in Nigeria, for those that are watching and have been listening, this is not the first time it's happened, right? It's not the first time it's happened in this, in this century, right? In this, in this decade, even. This stuff happens all the time. We had girls that were snatched up from their villages and were held hostage for years, and, you know, almost felt like at some point it was a game. This happens all the time. We have you know, Muslims, so-called, you know, radical Muslims go, you know, shoot up churches in the north. And this thing happens, listen to me, happens all the time. But what we're seeing now is we're seeing a pushback, right? And so the question now as Christians, you know, is like, you know how people say church mind, you know? So I'm trying to come up so people understand what I'm saying. The question is, do we pray for peace? Do we go loving and peaceful? Do we become the world docile like sheep? You know, do we stay as sheep for the slaughter? Or do we go, you know, you know, you know, the many prayers that you find in the Bible how you know God about to use a sledgehammer. And, and so really what I'm trying to do today, what we're trying to do today is to show you what is God saying, what is God saying, what is God's perspective, what should we do, what is the right way? You know, how do you how do you think about the justice system? The justice system is all about equity, right? But justice is always tempered with mercy. So how do you combine those, right? So so what is our roles, right? It's pretty interesting. And of course, I put myself together today to make sure I was covering, I was clear, you know, it was no, 
you know, it's no, it's no confusion in my head what I'm trying to say. Uh, remember, if you're led by the Spirit, you're a son of God, not by the flesh. And the flesh means feelings, emotions. You know, it's easy to be, you know, outraged. You know, I've been, I've been there many times this week. You know, I'm trying when I put posts out to make sure that, you know, my post is still focused on what goes on, but also to scare people up. I think the worst position to be is to do nothing. You hear me use that phrase a lot, don't play ostrich, right? Whether it's the situation that I come with you from Nigeria, from Africa, if you're a black person, a white person, if you're a blue person, if you, even if you're from outer space, remember, the ambassador to a country, to another country, isn't the country that is hosting him. So you cannot play dumb, right? So all the ambassadors of all the nations that are in Nigeria cannot say they don't know what is going on. So if you're not reporting to your host nation, you will shame, really, because you're abusing your office. Every foreign policy says that an ambassador is supposed to bring information. That is why you see United States from time to time will take away the embassy, from example, from Iraq or from Iran based on certain government policies or, you know, or Palestine or whatever. So if a certain nation is not treating their people according to how the human rights has on the charter, the, the nations, other nations will say, no, we're going to pull our embassy from there because you don't stand for what we stand for. So what I'm trying to say is people, everybody has their responsibility, some minute, some a lot, you know, of course, the leaders even more. Um, so it's pretty much what I'm trying to say. But Fisher and Esther chapter 4, verse 14, NKJV says, for if you remain silent, this is Mordecai speaking to Esther. The back story is Mordecai was her uncle. He's her uncle, right? Was her uncle. And, you know, she became a queen. There's a story about how God gave her grace. She became a queen. And then the, the land where they were was, you know, fun, sort of funny tradition where the king doesn't, the queen doesn't always see the king. You know, you have your period or whatever when you go see the king. And this time Esther wasn't, you know, graced to go see the king, Right. And, and she had decided, you know what, I'm going to go see this guy. That was after. So we're going to read how that conversation played out because a certain man called Haman, right? And I'm going to talk about Haman in this situation today, right? But Haman, so Haman's now in Nigeria. I've decided that sworn they're going to they'll rather kill everybody, right, before they leave power. So we're going to show you how that is in our roles because remember, history always repeats itself. And the Bible is there for us to have guidance, right? The Bible is there to give us, you know, a, a perfect you know, understanding. So we're trying to see what is God's mind, what is God's thought, what does God say, we're still citizens. So how do we operate under this grace that has been given to us as Christians? What can we do? Do we have any power, right? For, it, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance would arise from the Jews from another place. For you, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So Mordecai was asking Esther to go do what she had to do. He says, if you try to play ostrich, if you try to not do what you have to do, remember, like I said, everybody has a different role. Some people, all you could do is to go out there and protest. Some other people, you could probably, you're in office, you could write, you could push, you could like you're in your parliament, or you're like on the House of Rep or Senate. You might be a leader, you might be, you know, you might own a company, you might be the head of a bank or whatever. Everyone has a role, but Esther's role was people now. He said, if you keep quiet, don't think you're going to be safe. But remember that for a time like this, maybe that's why you're there. And this is the reply of Esther, which is very striking. She said, go gather all the Jews who, were, who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, nine or day. My mates and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king 
which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mm. If I perish, I perish. And, and I'm going to stop there for a second and, and just turn it over to you, Bill. Um, but before that, I definitely want to make sure you understand the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And I'll read that very quickly. I'll read that very quickly. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It's something that we put all the time, but I want you to see exactly how it is in the Bible. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I'm going to read the other stuff he said, that which is more important, I think, for us now than what he just said. I'll tell you why. Again, this is like a sequence. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to show you what God thinks. You know, every time I read, I try to read from the Bible so you see, you know, this is, this is how the framework is. Remember, like I said, what is God's role? If you case you're asking what is God's role, what did God do in the Bible back in the days and what did God do in the Bible after Jesus had come? And I'll show you the Bible. It's all here. But deal. I want to get your thoughts, you know, what has been the experience a lot, you know, we've prayed a lot, you know, we've spoken a lot, you know, it's, you know, you know, we, I, tell you, I think I want you to share with people the role of an intercessor, right, and an interceptor, because it's important, right, it's, it's very important, I thought it was very, I think I already knew that before, but I already loved how you actually went and did more research, you know, so maybe you want to share what is on your mind, because one, you're not in Nigeria, which is important, you know, I think we had a candlelight, you know, service, and one of my close friends is she's not in Nigeria. She came out, she spoke. It was everybody was moved to tears, right? So it's important that people really know, you know, how because not everybody will come out and speak and say stuff. People like to keep your, you know, keep to themselves, but people are still doing stuff. But what is your own role? What do you think your role is in things like this? I can't really want to share. And I want you to also share with people what the interceptor should not do and what an intercessor should do. Amen. Thank you, KJ. And thank you um, for that word. Um, regarding Esther for I think it's so important that we understand um, what the call is in this hour. Um, regarding intercessor and interceptor, I want to give people a background. I first just give honor to my pastor, my apostle, Apostle G. Marie Carroll. Um, I thank God for a pastor like her who is available at one o'clock in the morning to answer my questions. And that's where this clarity came. Um, I realized because I'm an intercessor and um, and I'm a uh, God uses all my senses to understand what he's how he's feeling about things, what direction he wants us to go, etc. I get frustrated sometimes um, because I hate to see what's happening, and sometimes I feel like God, what am I supposed to do about this? And I think that's where the mentality comes with the interceptor. Sometimes you think you're supposed to go and save the world, which we all have our lane in this um, journey that God has us in. We all have um, the impact that we're supposed to make, but we're a body, right? Everyone doesn't do it. One person doesn't do it all alone, but together we make it happen, the plan of God. And so when I asked my pastor, why is it I get so frustrated? Why do I get so I get mad, you know? She said, well, are you interceding or are you intercepting? I said, what? What, what do you mean? What's interception? Like, you know, I, I think of football when I hear the word interception. So I was like, okay, Lord, let me Google it. 
And as she told me this, she said, an intercessor brings the issue to the Lord. And um, I guess you can say plead on behalf of those who are experiencing whatever it is that's happening. If God gives you a burden, your job is not to carry it forever and ever and be sad and depressed but it's to bring it to the Lord and leaving it there, believing his word. Um, an interceptor takes the issue and decides that they're going to do something about it. They don't bring it to God. They don't, they don't lean on him. They lean on their own understanding. And um, that's where one may, can go wrong and set themselves up. Um, so yeah, that's the explanation between the intercessor and the inter interceptor. And what that did for me is it changed my mind. I literally had a renewed mind at that moment when she gave me the clarity um, to pray strategically with regards to what's happening, not just in Nigeria, but everywhere else. And so I guess I'll let that um, take me forward to the role as someone who's not Nigerian, but who is part of the body and has a heart for people, my role is to pray. My role is to support. Um, and I was speaking with KJ about it. And I said, look, whatever way I can help you, let me know whatever I can do. God, whatever capacity he gives me to help, I'm here to help. And I need to understand what my gifts are, right? So if you're, um, if God didn't call you to go out and speak, but he called you to do administrative work and do do what you're called to do. Whatever it is God has given you, whatever gift he's given you, use it for his glory and to cause change to happen um, for the people so that they can see the light, so that they can see who God is. And so, yeah, that's where I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, think, I think it's great. You know, a lot of us, I think, in the church, you know, around the world, even people that are not even Christians have played the role of interceptor. And, you know, I think I've shared before here that I studied psychology and philosophy, and then I went into the clinical side of psychology, and I do understand very well that I thought situations like this, what comes afterwards is a mental illness, is a mental, you know, breakdown, and it's a lack in code. What does that mean? It means that you won't see it immediately, right? So there's been shootings, there's been death, there's been strife and sorrow and a lot of pain. And then behind that comes that wave of mental incapacity. Mm -hmm. And the devil knows very clearly the potency of taking away from your right thinking, your right mind. When mm. fear comes, right? Fear makes you do things you shouldn't do. I don't know if you ever probably remember when you was younger, maybe now for those of you that are petty, you want to get in a fight with somebody and the person is on the person just stands and just looking right there. Now disturb, not perturbed. Deep down your heart, you're gonna be afraid. We like this guy just <laughs> either the person has a piece on them or they got back up somewhere or they about to whoop you blue, black, and green. Mm. You, you come at somebody, you spare their reaction. No, the person doesn't the person stands right there just watching you and saying, Do your worst. You should be afraid. You go into a boxing ring to fight somebody, and the person just stands in the ring in the posture with your hands up and just comes. You, you're going to know, like, if you're not careful, once you take the first step, the best thing sees that. I don't know if you've ever heard of the story between the karate and I think the Chai Tai Chen, where one is offensive, one uses your offense and goes defensive, right? So the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, it says, stand. And the devil of the is stand. And what did he say? He said, use the whole armor of God. 
It is important to understand that because the devil knows that if he comes like this, the Bible did not say you're not going to have temptation or strife. The Bible says, even if I go through the, the, the fire, I will not be born. He didn't say you're not going to go through it, right? I'm not saying we should go through it all the time, but I'm just saying that God was preparing us ahead of time to anticipate evil. But what he said to stand, use the whole armor of God. And we've talked about this many times, how the Roman soldiers, you saw how the way they treated themselves. I talked about this, I'm not going to go into that, but you could read down for yourself, um, Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 9 all the way down to about 14, 15. It will show you what you need, the helmet, you know, the breastplates, the shield, the belts, the sandals. It's a complete girl, completing yourself because the devil is going to come. And he's definitely hanging out right now in certain parts of the world and some of us more than ever before. Why? Because what he's trying to do. So I'm going to come back to what I was saying. Look at what the Bible says, right? In 1 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 1. I'm going to have read it many times. We've read it, but I want to read it carefully and break it down a little bit. So I'm going to read it from the TPT. Mm. It says, most of all, I am writing to encourage you. Who is you? Who is you? He's talking about the Christians. He's talking to Christians. So he's talking to believers. Believers is the people of God that has called up, you know, God has called by your name. Remember, when I talk about believers, you know, in times like these, you can't go, you can't turn coats. The Bible says you can't have soup water and, you know, salt water in the same, you know, in the same ocean. You can't turn coats. You can't go all of a sudden from, you know, God bless you. So, oh, God, kill him, you know. But I'm going to show you how we could take care of these things. Remember, right? There's a role. There's a way to handle this stuff. So now I'm coming to Christians, the ones that he talks in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, the ones is called the light of the world, right? In you know, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. I'm talking to Christians that he has separated. It means that there's a way you do things. Think mm-hmm. about honorable, right? Think about an ambassador. Think about a dignitary. Think about, you know, someone that is of high calling, the difference. You come out, you, you know, you just come, it's like something about you. Right, so he's telling those people now, it's called telling them, compose yourself, right? And he says he's encouraging them. When you encourage somebody, do you encourage someone that is already encouraged? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a place where something has really going on, right? You know, this is a difficult, it's a difficult position to take. So, I'm encouraging you to keep going forward. Mm. You know, I'm encouraging Lisa. you, don't forget the, the, the just like I'm telling people, he kept encouraging them to keep moving forward, right? So, keep matching because. Matching forward is not easy, right? It's courage. What is, I remember I told you before, you can't say you're faithful until time for you to be unfaithful. Show it up. You can't say you're courageous in the Lord until time for you not to be courageous is available and you choose mm. to be courageous. That's why the Bible told, you know, God told Joshua, I said, be strong and be courageous. If, if God told Joshua, be, you know, be fighting these guys that so-called giants before your eyes or whatever, you probably like, uh, you know, but he told him, but he, God saw it. Remember, the Bible says that God has seen everything from top to bottom, from top to top, from side to side. The movies already come there. He said, you won. So for me, every time I come out, I think about no matter what is going on, I have already won. So how do I take the side of the one that said I won? So I don't go and mess things up. Right. You haven't been in a project where someone says, just don't do anything. Just stay here. Don't touch anything. And you come back and they're like, mess things around like just stay where God wants you to be right so almost like when I pray that you know I hear people pray now no one should take offense right people pray for different stuff pray for spouse pray for job I don't pray those prayers I do not I used to pray that prayer before you know what I pray I pray that the perfect will of God in my life be done because a lot of times your feelings can deceive you it's important mm-hmm. to understand that because there are three wills right that's the good will 
the goodwill, you know, goodwill, and I'll say the goodwill right here. Now that's the, you know, that's the that's the acceptable will of God. Acceptable, right? This is this is acceptable will of God. And I'll show you that in Isaiah chapter 61. But that's the perfect will of God. That's the one he talked about in Romans 8, 26 to 28, the sinking, where it's sent. Now, it doesn't matter what comes. Now, you become a Joseph. Even when they mess around, like, I'm going to mess your destiny. I'm going to trade to the pit. They're like, don't worry about it. I got you. Come on. You know, when they take you to the prison, God says, no. Everything they do is push you with where God wants you to be. But this is a stance. You got to see it. I'm telling you right now, it is very, very hard. I know a lot of Christians have told me, yo, like, bro, this is not, it's hard. But remember, Jesus prayed a prayer in John 17. He prayed for those that are not born again at the time. He prayed for those that he said they will come. He said, it is a love that we share. It is the bond that we share. He said, the bond that we share with the master, the love. He said, they will see the love and they will become changed. You know why? Because the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the eyes of men. All men you see that are not in Christ are blind. They are walking in darkness. So the light doesn't decide, you know what, I'm going I'm to turn the light off. We're all going to be in darkness and we're going to run in darkness. No, God is saying that you are the one in the wrong. So again, right, the devil wants to, to get us in a place where we, we forsake our mercy, right? We forsake, forsake our mercy. Remember what happened in, in Matthew chapter 26. Jesus was praying and he said, God, if there be any other way, take this cup away from me, right? He was, but he prayed for grace. You know what happened? The Bible said an angel came and strengthened him. Mm-hmm. So I want to go into, I want to read this because you can see I'm moving up. I, I really want to talk about angels, right? I want to talk about angels right now. So I'm going to talk about angels right at the end and show you how things are going and what is going on right now, right? Because it's a lot. But again, I'm, I'm trying to strengthen Christians listening. Now, everybody's going to become a Christian because I'm going to pray for you that listen to me and you're going to become a Christian because when I'm done, you're going to see the way that God wants us to handle things. But if you're listening right now and you're a Christian, you're a man, I'm begging you, I beseech you, my brother, my sister, don't be mad. Let us move how God wants us to move. Mm. I'm not saying don't do things. I'm going to show you why I'm here, right? But let's go into it. So he said, most of what I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. He says, pray for all men. Full stop. Let's stop right there. Right? Pray for all men. That means he's talking about everybody around the world, right? So now this is the general prayer. Pray for all men with all forms of prayers and requests. The NKJV said supplications as you intercede with intense passion. Now I want you to see how God assists. So God is saying that he wants you to stop everything you're doing. He wants you, before you even do anything, say, first of all, the NKJV says, first of all, so say, first, before you even ask me for your needs or whatever, your request or how you want to get married tomorrow, how you want to get this job or buy a Lamborghini, how you want to become the best or whatever in your company. You know, this is all selfishness. Because God already says, seek you for the kingdom of God. And this is the kingdom of God. This is what he's asking you right now. So before anything else, before you do anything else, God is saying, first of all, I want you to pause and pray for all men. He said, when you pray for this man, I want you to pray. With gratitude. Pray with gratitude, right? And then he said, pray all forms of prayer. And he said, we have requests. As you can see, we intense passion. When you pray with passion, what do you do? Elijah, the Bible shows in James chapter 5, that he prayed so passionately and said, there'd be no rain. No rain. The man, the Bible said, put his head down between his legs and he prayed and prayed and prayed. 
that's praying with passion. That's praying because, you know, I prayed that prayer before when, you know, something went down and it was about three years ago and I prayed and I like, yo, God, oh, Holy Ghost, thank you, Jesus. John Norn of Scotland, he, he, he told God, he said, give me Scotland or I die. He said, give me Scotland or I die. Pray with passion. Pray with passion. I remember a testimony of Maurice Cerullo, who just went to, you know, went to be with the Lord. He was praying how, you know, he would pray, you know, pray for the continent of South America, for Brazil. And he was one of the pioneers of the gospel in that kind, you know, in that part of the world, that continent. And, you know, it's so passionate. You see the way they pray. They said they don't care what happens. They said, God, give me Scotland or I die. That's John Norn. He said, give me Scotland or I die. It's pray with passion. Scotland is not his father. His father, it was, the man wasn't in office. He wasn't the president's son or whatever. He wasn't the king's son. But the man knew what he was able to do. He said, give me Scotland or I die. Have you ever prayed for your nation, your city, where you stay? And said, oh God, give me this city. Or, no, or I'm not going to move forward. He said, that will be done on earth. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? How do you pray? When you pray about, you know, I see, I've had people pray. I pray a lot. Even, like, I hear people pray. So I can tell you we're going about it on team. They say, say, pray for yourself. You pray, you know, for the job, for the testimony, which is all great, which is all great. People come to me, prayer points, and we hold hands and we pray. And I pray. You can hear the passion on their phone. And then we say, let's pray for our countries. And you listen. And I said, no. He may have said, give me Scotland or I die. God said, pray and intercede with intense passion. Why? I'll show you why. God knows why he wants you to pray that prayer. And he said, and pray for every political leader and representative. He said, so that we may be able to live a tranquil, undisturbed life. Ah, as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. God is saying that if you don't pray for your nation, you're going to get a leader that's going to care about you. Mm. And they're going to make sure that you don't have peace. And now the time that you used to do all the things, right? You'll be running up and down, up and down, running helter-skelter. I like how the NKJV put it. Let me read from the NKJV. I want you to see that line from the NKJV. He says for kings, of course, political leaders, they used to have kings. Now we have presidents and, you know, senate and all that. And all who are in authority that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. The word right there is honesty. If you don't pray for leaders, they're going to be dishonest. They're going to be corrupt. They're going to mm -hmm. steal your money. They're mm -hmm. going to take your palliatives for COVID-19 and put it in warehouses. They're going to take what belongs to you and give it to their kids and go lock money up abroad. God said, pray for leaders. Pray for leaders. He said, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Now, this is what he said. This is what is striking to me. It's not a full stop. It says, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? Boom. Check this out. So the God said that when men are crying, which people are crying around the world right now, he said, when people are saying, God saved me, he's saying, I have saved you. He said, the gospel is your savior. He said, the gospel is my power to save you. God said, the only way to save people, to save a nation, to save a people is through the gospel. Through the gospel. Think about it with just one second. Why, when Jesus came, what did Jesus do the most? Like, you know, Jesus, remember, he said he's the king of the Jews, he's the king to save people. Did Jesus go about trying to say, you know what, let's go get freedom from the Romans, let's go get freedom from these people that are oppressing us? Is that what Jesus did? 
No, Jesus focused on preaching the good news. You know, preaching, they said, acceptable year of the Lord. He's saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, of course, it means he's here with us. Why did he do that? Why was Jesus hammering and ministering all the time on the kingdom of God? Because that is the only way God is going to save you. The only savior, the only way of redemption for anybody is the gospel. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? So you're saying, like, if I become a Christian, I'm saying, like, that's how yes. And I'll show you how. Isaiah chapter 61. Because, listen listen to me, there's a way God thinks and sees things. So everybody pray that I say, oh, God, come down. Oh, God, come down. I'm not criticizing you. Everybody pray that I can revelation and knowledge. But God is saying, I have you there. He's saying, you were right there with them. He says, you are right there with them. He said, what are you going to do about it? So God is asking, what are you going to do about it? Don't forget a lot of people were praying and fasting. Esther was making moves. Esther was, Esther was going to pray, but she was going to go do specific things. There are a lot of people that God is saying that he's speaking to right now on what to do. God sent two angels into Sodom to do surveillance. He said, go and check and see if this prayer and petition I'm hearing, if these things are as bad as it seems in Sodom. The angels went and looked. You know what happened? They wanted to kill the angels. You, you, you imagine how crazy they were in Sodom. Things were so crazy in Sodom that they even tried to say, but they want to sleep with the men. Angels. The people were so deep in their ways. They're so stuck in their evil that they were going to kill the people. In fact, this is their last redemption. Don't forget what happened to Nineveh. That when God was, this is God, God's last way of saving those people. He said, now I'm going to send, not send, you know, war, whatever. He said, I'm going to send a preacher. Why didn't God send people to, because the people are evil, they do evil things, but God sent a minister. God's way of saving people is the gospel. If it sounds crazy, if it sounds like I was expecting something grand, I was, no, and I'll tell you why that's the case. I'll tell you why that's the case. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 61. Remember, God wants people to be saved. There's a reason he wants you to be saved, because once you're saved, you become a citizen now you understand the rights that you have as a citizen. You understand what he's giving you, right? And I'm going to read that from the Amplified. Amplified does a very good job about that. Um, so let's just go to verse 2. Well, let's read from verse 1. So you see, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed and qualified me to preach the word of the gospel. To preach the gospel of tidings to the meek, the poor, and the afflicted. These are people that are always in this thing, right? The rich people, I'm sure, are taking their hands off, you know, this is not so good, you know, of course everyone is disturbed, but the people that are going to be facing the most brunt are the meek, the, the, the poor, and the afflicted. He said, he has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted. Remember I talked about brokenheartedness, right? He says, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives, right? And the opening of the prison and the eyes to those who are bound. Because I told you about that before, that the devil blinds people's eyes and, you know, blinds them, they can't see. People acting all crazy and stuff, right? Now, verse 2, now we're coming. Now, look at, look at remember I talked about the goodwill of God, and look at the acceptable. He says, we proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his people, and the day of his vengeance. So now you see that God himself is the one that takes care of the vengeance. Because the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Because you don't even know what he wants to do. Vengeance could be taking people out of office. You know, so while we're praying, if someone is doing good, we keep praying, God, you know, get them alive. But when someone is not doing good, when you pray in other tongues, when you pray with the spirits, God could make those guys surround the office. Every criminal, every criminal that's out there creating havoc, all of them are going to be wrong at all. They don't have a choice. But if you're not praying the acceptable prayer, the acceptable will of God, 
you out there walking like the devil wants you to walk in anger and madness, and you might be one of the people doing something you shouldn't have done. Now you're moved by emotions. Bible says if you move by emotions, you shall make mistakes because the flesh is deceptive. Let's keep going. It says to comfort all those who mourn. People are mourning, so he wants you to comfort them. The word of God comforts people, right? But then the verse three is where I'm going. It says to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn. So instead of your mourning, he's going to give you consolation and joy. Remember I talked about in the beginning that when the devil steals your joy, it gave over. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you have joy in your spirits, everything else comes. Your fountain of joy. You know, all of a sudden you can see the vision is sharpened. Don't forget that children of Israel were in the, the they were in Egypt for 400 plus years. But until Moses came and told them, this is what God is saying. They were joy. You know, they had something, right? There was a vision. Now at that point, they could run. Their strength came with a vision. So if you're mourning, if you're like in pain, in penury or whatever, you really can't see what God is showing you. There's no strength. Everybody's down. Oh, God, help us. Everything is over. But strength comes with that joy. He says to give them an ornament. That's a garland of diadem or beauty instead of ashes. So God wants to give you beauty instead of ashes. He says the oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a heavy body hat. So God is saying, even in this crazy station, right? In, in, in the midst of all this going on, he said, I want you to be praising me. Why are you praising God? Because you know that you're staring God. Praise is what gets him to get up and say, you know what? Now I'm about to execute my judgment, right? So your place is to stay in the place where God has put you. The children of Israel in the days of Joseph and in first, second Chronicles chapter 20, from, from chapter 19, they were going to battle. And they were praying to God saying, no, put the singers in front. Put the praise singers in front. He says, I will take care of this one. He said, this one is mine. God doesn't need to send hundred angels. No, no, no. I'm telling you, no. Only one is enough. Only one is enough. Well, you know what he did? He put confusion in their camp. Do you know that God can put confusion in the camp of these evil leaders? And they're going to be exposing themselves and going to be taking themselves out. You don't need to do nothing. He says, son, he said, today you shall see the hand of the Lord. He said, today you shall see it. God doesn't need to do, but he needs his people to stand where he wants them to stand. I'll finish up. He says that they may be called also righteousness. Lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished for uprightness. Justice, you see that word justice right there. Right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. So God wants to be glorified even in this situation through your life. How? How can God be glorified with your life? But you gotta see what God is doing. So I'm gonna stop there just a little bit and just pass it to you, dear. You know, it's a lot, I'm sure, in your spirits, you know, it's gonna go in and you know, definitely want to hear, you know, from you, you know, your your point of view from you know. God's perspective on how we should operate and what we should do and how we should you know, take the next steps. Thank you. Um, yeah, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap this all together because um, of because we're almost hitting that hour mark. But what the Lord is saying is um, he wants us to pray strategically. In your strategic prayer, you will hear from the Lord. The Holy Spirit will always bring things to your remembrance and God will always give you instruction. That is one of the greatest um, 
indicators that you are praying and you're praying God's will because he will send you, he will give you instruction, he will give you direction, he will give you confirmation. And from that, you want you to trust him, trust what he's told you, and then walk and move in that confidence. And so when we think about strategic prayer and intercession, you can look throughout all the Bible and see what intercession looks like. We started with Esther, um, I told KJ yesterday about um, Numbers 14 when the Lord was speaking to Moses because the children of Israel were complaining and complaining and were wishing that they were back in Egypt, all kinds of stuff. But the way that Moses interceded, he reminded God of his word. And that's the, 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 the um, strategic prayer, the word of God reminding him because his promises is that his word will not return to him void. So when you remind God that, Lord, you said all things work together for my good, you said nothing that um, nothing that, that comes again against me shall prosper father god you said if you be for me then who shall be against me when you begin to pray these prayers your your mind is also renewed because a lot of the times that's your greatest enemy is right up here and so um I want to just give you a couple of scriptures because you also want to think of your heart posture in everything that you do, whether it's prayer, whether it's when you're interacting with people, what is your heart posture? And so the Lord has given us specific instructions, right? He said to love your enemies. He says love covers a multitude of sins. And he said that um, that perfect love casts out fear, right? So if you are not coming from a place of love, then you just need to stop. You know, and I'm going to say, I'm going to be as blunt as I am because we're not in a time where you want to be coddled or you want to hear something sweet. You got to hear the truth and you got to move in it. And so he says to love your enemies. And so um, Matthew 6, um, uh, Matthew 5 rather, has all these different parables and instruction from the Lord. And he tells us we don't fight like um, eye for an eye. Or we don't fight um, praying brimstone and and fire on our enemies. You know, we those days are gone. God came and he re, and he reconciled us to him and what he wants people to understand is that they're loved and he has greater for us. You know what I'm saying? And so um and so I wanted to tell you that uh, Matthew 5, 48 says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect and perfect in the original language talks about being fully grown and being matured and being in a, in a posture where you're not moved by your emotions. Remember, your emotions are tools, right? They're, you don't serve your emotions. They serve you. God uses our emotions to understand what's happening and to be able to have compassion and to be able to meet people where they're at, right? But they're not we don't serve our emotions. And so when you find yourself being rising up with all kinds of emotions, submit them to God, right? Submit them to the Lord. Tell, tell the Lord what it is that's going on and then hear from him so you can go forward. Um, 2 Corinthians uh, 5 um, I'm just going to read it for you. It says, um, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We don't look at people from a worldly point of view. We don't look at them from the outside anymore. Though we once were, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do not uh, do so any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that's, uh, I want to highlight that God gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. 
as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of, of God. So as God's co-workers, that's us, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I help you. And then it says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. And now is the day of salvation. And then if I go over to Philippians 4, we talk, he talks about pressing on towards the mark. You, we have all kinds of things going on around us, but you got to stay focused. You can don't be moved, you know, and, and, you know, for example, I'm going to use myself during um, all the news that happened on October 20th. It was heavy. And I, I, I let myself sit in it for a moment. Why? So that I can I can hear God. I need to hear the cry of the people. I need to hear what God is saying about it. If I ignore it, if I move on like it doesn't happen, then then I, I'm hardening my heart. Right. We don't want a hard heart, but we also want to stay focused on the mission. Right. What is the mission? The ministry of reconciliation. Prayer works, you guys. Strategic prayer works. Not emotional prayer. It's good to dump it all out, but do not end there. You want to pray the word of God because that is where change will come. Um, so after he talks about, uh, Paul talks about pressing on towards the mark and forgetting what's behind him. In verse 20, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And I was up y'all till maybe four o'clock, 4.30 this morning, the Lord would not let me sleep. And I was just studying this word. And um, one thing I learned was that, you know, we live in heaven. We live in a different place, you guys. We are just sent here to work. We're sent here on assignment to make things happen. And the greatest thing we're here to make happen is to bring the souls to Christ. So you can't let your emotions get in your way. You can't let what's going on around you move you. You cannot be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes your way. You got to stand. You got to stand. You have to make sure your house, you are built on a solid rock who is Jesus, who, um, you know, who, who is the word of God, you know? And so he says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is in us. He's with us now, you guys. So this is a word I'm going to say it. Christian, stop waiting. Stop waiting on something miraculous to happen and go forth and do what God told you to do. You know, a question that was posed yesterday that really had me thinking is if 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 you were taken today, right, would you have would you be happy would you be ecstatic would you praise the lord or would you wish that you had more time and that's where i'm going to leave it that's beautiful it's beautiful thank you so much for sharing that um a few things i just want to remind everybody so reminder is that you have power you have authority you have authority if you sense up that three verse twenty, verse you know twenty in the amplifier says, "Now to him who by in consequence of his action, I'll say that again. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose, his purpose and do super abundantly far above, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hope, and dreams. Says to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So God is saying to us that we have enough inside of us. We have over abundant, superabundant power. 
So when you pray, don't pray like someone that is expecting something to come. Pray as someone that is in authority. You are the outstretched arms of God. You are his battle axe. But before you go ahead and slice people into two, three, or four, whatever pieces, remember, right, that God wants all men to come to him. The people that are acting crazy, don't forget, I want you to remember, Jesus on the cross, right there beside him, you know, was the two criminals. One of them, of course, was foolish because the devil had really bound him up. But the other one, after seeing everything, he said, man, this guy is the son of God. I said, master, you know, forgive me how mercy. Jesus said tonight to build me in paradise. Even at the point of his death, Jesus did not see the sinner. Jesus saw, Jesus did not see the sin. He saw the sinner. Remember, he came to save. So even the people, as crazy as it sounds, that are acting stupid, if they reach out to God and say, God, save me, he's going to forgive them. The yes. only consequences, this way God works, is, you know, your body is here on earth. So your spirit is saved. I say it all the time, and I hope people really understand it at this point. Like, your spirit is the one that is born again, but your body is here, right? So your body could get consequences for what you've done, right? Mm. Um, of course, if you still on the catch, you're going to jail. Even if you're going to increase that in jail, you're going to be a minister of God in jail. But that's, that's just me not going to go to jail, right? That means this, even these criminals, when they give their lives to Christ, they're still going to go to jail for all they've done. But they're saved. So when they go to heaven, once again in Christ. But what I'm telling you today is when you're praying, when you're doing what you're doing, one, make sure, number one, that you are in sync with God's will, not your own will. Mm. Number two, make sure that you are doing everything God has proposed in you. So don't go trying to do more than his actions. So don't go trying to go burn something down out of anger when God didn't tell you to burn something down. The only thing you want to burn down is burn down all the anger inside of you. Make sure you sacrifice yourself. I posted something today that God doesn't want self-love. You know, you hear self-care, self-care, self-care. God said, I want you to do self-sacrifice. Mm. Self-sacrifice is the way. Why are you sacrificing? You sacrifice, you're crucifying your flesh so that you can let the spirit come up. It's when he arises that his enemies are consumed because then he takes care of them. And you tell God, Jesus. Pay, right? You know, so again, it's important to understand number three, even in this, in this, you know, stuff, try to reach out to people. This is the time. Time mm-hmm. is short. You're still an ambassador, right? You're trying to get many people as visa, many people, as many people visas to heaven as possible. So as an ambassador, don't go freaking out like everybody else. Make sure you're still ministering God's word. Remember, he said, when people are mourning, be in that position. Well, so don't be, you know, the one laughing or whatever. No, but be strategic. Now it's time to tell them, hey, man, this isn't happening in the Bible. This is what God is saying. Confront them with God's word. And now make sure that you are also reaching out to those you have to reach out to. Like Esther. Esther wasn't just going to go pray and then pray and pray. No, God is saying to some people, go, move forward now. Now it's time for you to do what I've asked you to do. Some yeah. of you are in office for a reason. So if you have a good office, if you have a place of position, if you know people in power, don't forget the church. Don't forget God. Don't forget his people. The reason why he has us on earth is to get people to him. And then the last thing is to make sure that when you pray, make sure you understand that there's help. We have help in times of need. God told us in Hebrews 4 verse, 4 verse 12, he said, go and pray. Right? God wants us to come and obtain grace and mercy in times of need so remember i told you when you in situations all you don't need is more power you need more grace you already have more power you need more grace so some people don't have grace to do any more than they've done all your grace is to cry and weep and will so ask for more grace just even pray for grace and the bible says in in uh, matthew chapter 26 that an angel came and strengthened him 
So most of us, as we're praying, you're getting strengthened with the Lord, right? The Lord is strengthening you. Well, that strength is not as uh, so strength that's already inside of you, so you can put it out and you can act accordingly. So don't forget your calling in Christ. You're still the light of the world. And this is an opportunity for God to really do things he's never done in our time because now people are channeling their energy and their focus on him, right? So um, don't be selfish. That's what I'm saying. Don't be selfish. Don't act like it's not your problem. It's right for those of us that are privileged or we have some sort of like, you know, we're in a position where we don't have to be directly affected in our, in our sense because Monica told Esther that you and your family shall perish because this thing is coming in waves. This mm. is just wave one for some people. Some other people, you're going to be cutting wave three. So don't think, oh, I'm good. No, you're not good. Trust me, you're not. You're not. The Bible says, want to know that I'm chilling in Zion. You're chilling right there. No, no, do not. Play a role. Make sure that you are active in this kingdom last day, last hour. I think I said this before. I think it's important to say it again. This is all strategic. And the spirits, right? There's a lot going. There's a lot of raging going on in 2020. And just in case you don't know where you're thinking, well, it was just pandemic. No, it's not just pandemic. You know, all people are just no, it's not. Today is Nigeria's turn. Let's see who's starting this tomorrow. I'm not trying to say that I'm hoping this happens. No, I'm just saying that this is the character of the spirit in this day and time. This is what has already been written in the Bible. We are living in prophecy, y'all. So it's important to take your place quickly. As a son of God, as a heals, and begin to manifest his power. Now, understanding that nobody should go to hell. So, even as people like crying, you don't want, they don't want them. Imagine if you had COVID 19, you had the strife, and you're not killing, you're not in sin. So, you've suffered on top of everything, and now then I went to hell. Because God will ask you on that last day when you come to him and say, Oh, Father, they kill me. He says, But you in Christ, you say, No, he say, Go to that side. Go on, he sees is Christ. You're either in Christ, or you're not in Christ. He's not being, you know, in, in, in your feelings, like, okay, I got killed in a, in a, I got killed in a riot or in a protest. No, he said, like, you're a Christian. He said, no, he said, go that way. So it's important to understand that everybody right now, God is telling them, where are my people? Go and make my world. He said, don't tell me anything else. He said, go and emotions. God and my world. So without word comes provision. So remember, when we pray to God, he's going to be the one to flush out these bad leaders. He said, this war is not physical. So God himself was able to take out Nebuchadnezzar, one of the most powerful kings, by himself. He took out Pharaoh. He sent Moses so that God is sending seven people because he had a cry. God is hearing a cry, but he's saying, I want you to do what you have to do. He told Ezekiel, the body of the dragon, he said, some of man prophesy. So he said, prophesy. What are you prophesying today? Are you mm. crying? Oh, God, oh, God. He said, no, speak. He said, I'll be the one to supply the bread, but you supply the words, you supply the limbs, you supply the sinews. God is asking you, do your own part, let me do my part. So my prayer today, everyone that is listening, by the Spirit of God, that you listen from your heart. Because it's the heart that believes. Mm -hmm. It's not the head, it's the heart. Jesus said, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Mm. Except the man be born again. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. He said, the peace of the world cannot know. Everybody is hot saying, but God, he said, I want to give you my peace. He told the woman of the world, he said, if you drink from me, you shall thirst no more. Mm. And I'm asking everyone that's listening today, if you've not given your life to Christ, this is a great chance. Remember, for those that were on the 20th, they were taken, they didn't know on the 19th, that 20th is their last day. They didn't know mm. that. If they heard the message and they said no, they would they would not know. And and I, we're praying for their souls. 
But I'm just, I want you to understand that, that you cannot tell what will happen tomorrow. You can't tell what will happen tomorrow. Especially if you're not in Christ. If you're in Christ, we know what will happen tomorrow. Your life is perfect. It's coming to a perfect end. If you're not in Christ, there's no hope. There's no hope. You stay in the Bible. The hope, our hope is in Christ. Amen. Us is our hope of glory. We have our hope anchored in Christ. If you're not in Christ, today is the day. I'm telling you right now, you will not say you never heard it because I'm telling you, my spirit is going to be a witness on that day that I told you that today is the day because this is love calling you. God said he wants to reconcile all men to himself. He said, I'll wait and all men shall come to knowledge of God. He said, the only way I can save men on earth is through my grace, through the salvation I've given in Christ. He said, no other name shall man be saved. He says, I'm the door. He says, I'm the way, I'm the true vine. He said, no one comes to my father except by me. Say this prayer after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. That you are the son of God. That you are the son of God. You were sent to this world to die for my sins. You were sent to this world to die for my sins. And on the third day, you rose for my justification. And on the third day, you rose for my justification. I confess your lordship over my life. I confess your lordship over my life. I declare that my righteousness is in Christ. I declare that my righteousness is in Christ. I receive eternal life in my spirit. I receive eternal life in my spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I am born again. I am born again. Hallelujah. Dio, go back to you. Pray for God's people. Pray his spirit upon them. And we wrap up this joyous Friday this morning. Amen. So welcome to those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Um, it's that simple to become a citizen of heaven. And now that you are a citizen of heaven, it is your responsibility to find out how to live in the kingdom. And so that's where the Bible comes in. Um, I encourage you to read the book of John to understand who Christ is and to understand who you are in him. And so, Father, I thank you for your children, for those who heard your message, God. I thank you for those who were convicted, Father God. I thank you for those whose minds were renewed, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you're strategic. You're so strategic, Father God. You know what you're doing and all things work together for our good. You are in control, Father God. Nothing that was made was not made through you, Father. So we bless you even now for that truth, Lord God. Right now, I just pray, Father God, that your people would receive your spirit. I speak right now to every heart that received you. And I say, receive the Holy Spirit, the power, the dunamis power of God that's at work within you, that it would manifest, hallelujah, that you, Holy Spirit, would bubble up inside of these people and change their the way they hear, change the way they see, change the way they move, oh God. And I declare that it's in Christ you live and you move and you have your being. I just declare in the name of Jesus that you would be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I thank you, God, that even in this very moment, you're sending destiny helpers, Father God, for these people to go forth and do the work of the Lord, to make disciples, 
hallelujah, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, Father God, to speak in new tongues, Lord Jesus. Let it happen now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we seal this word that was released today, Father God. We just declare and decree that they won't just be hearers, but they will be doers of the word, Father God. And as my leader would say, that the word would take root and bear fruit in their lives, Lord God. They would bear fruit that would remain in the name of Jesus. God, we love you. We bless you. We give you glory. We praise your holy name today, Father God, because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. We thank you for everlasting life. We thank you for unspeakable joy, Father God, that comes from the inside. That's not based on our circumstances, God. We thank you for a peace that surpasses all understanding that guards our mind and our hearts in you, Christ Jesus. And we thank you that we hear your voice. We know your voice and the voice of a stranger we do not follow. It's in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Uh, today, I get to say, if you are not a member of Gospel Clinic, I'm sure you're watching us right now. If you're watching on the share stream, um, log in, connect Gospel Clinic on WhatsApp, Gospel Clinic on Facebook. We do have a WhatsApp group, of course. Yeah, it's not exclusive, I promise. Uh, but go ahead and join us. Uh, we pray every night, 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. We want to pray for you. We want you to join us. Um, just strikingly, we've been praying about nations for a long time now. And God is sending angels. And um, so what we see now is not surprising. But trust me, this airwaves coming. This is this the airwaves coming from God, right? It's the airstrike. We have, we have, we have cover. Elisha told the servants. He said, those that be with us, I'm going to that be with them. Every Christian listening to me right now, cheer up. We have overcome the world. We are in charge. And um, we have our email, gasankalek.gmail.com. Reach out to us. Continue to comment. Let's know what God is telling you. We are back working. Now this Sunday, the next Sunday, men at work. And um, the women are, of course, sort of the end on Friday, 7 p.m. Let's know what God is saying. You want to hear your testimonies. We have our... Uh, uh, we have a podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple. And I can see Dio giving me thumbs up. I'm doing a great job on the announcement, right? And um, to close it out, remember we love you. The peace of God is passing the understanding in your life. The devil will not take your joy. And God is going to execute judgments on these earths through us. So pray, all right? And make sure that you are doing your job as an intercessor and an interceptor. Make sure you're loving for God is love. And I'm going to close out with